Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to season three of Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network, a deliciously cheeky podcast, the one-stop shop for food and laughter, hosted by two pro comedians. That's us. This podcast invites you to share a meal as we talk about food, comedy, and everything in between. I'm, of course, Matt Malent. And I'm definitely, of course, Hisham Kaladi. And welcome to the third season of the award-winning Bites and Bits podcast. Yo, you did it. Okay, so I want to get into this right away. So I ordered the food for the podcast as, you know, I always do. And this sweet man comes and drops it off. I don't want to get into what it is yet. You know, no spoilers, but he drops it off. And, you know, it was a nice little interaction. Comes up all the way up to the door, comes up the driveway. I'm at my dad's house right now in Calgary. I shoveled the driveway. You know, there's tons of snow out here, which is important because immediately after getting back into his car, dude just drives into a snowbank. Like, not like he <laughs> crashed his car, but because there's so much snow, he just totally made like a, a bad driving decision and got completely stuck, like high centered, wheel spinning. It was, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. So I'm like, well, of Oof. course, I need to help because I ordered the food and the street is, you know, pretty notorious in the winter. So I go down there with a shovel and I've got like a, like an ice pick and like salt. And literally I was out there for half an hour and I could not get the dude free. I couldn't God get him free. Damn. Yeah. God damn. So, so I had to come back in because I had to get set up for the podcast. And yeah. then, but in the meantime, my dad's got these huge windows and I'm just watching this poor man struggle. <laughs> like I just, like, all of the guilt sitting in this window. I'm like, do I abandon the podcast? Is this, is it, is it my responsibility? Like morally what happens now? Luckily, you know, I, I left him with all the tools. I'm like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> but luckily the neighborhood came together. And before long, there was a few people shoving and going and like, you know, many hands make light compact car in snowbank. I think <laughs> the saying <laughs> this and is so like a canadian heritage moment in real life like they're gonna have this on like canadian immigration posters it's <laughs> just one little sad immigrant all these white guys sh- try to shovel him out <laughs> yeah yeah if that was it it truly poor little guy southeast asian man uh just oh a hero he's, he's really the hero in this scenario and i am i mean the worst part is i'm sure i cost him like 26 deliveries right like easily his, his, his bro. day is shot most colonizing move ever you get ethnic food ordered uh from an ethnic place delivered by an ethnic guy and then you abandon him in the snow you <laughs> i gave him all the tools he needed to succeed yeah and then when you were done you took them back you buried that part didn't you <laughs> What? What do you mean took them back? They were my dad's. What am I supposed to do? Just give him the snow shovel? <laughs> like, is that, is it like, is it a tithe? Like, am I just, I don't understand. It's, you take back the $4 tip and you give him the shovel and then you just walk away. That's how. <laughs> oh, you know, now you're advocating taking back the tip. All right. Now who is truly the colonizer? Hisham? Uh, oh but you're going to find about, about Alberta soon because you, my friend, are coming out to Banff, aren't you? Talk a little bit about that. Oh yeah, it's just uh, you know uh, um, I I got into the uh, um, the Banff Media Festival out in beautiful Banff, Alberta, and uh, uh, it's a great 
opportunity to you know network showcase uh, meet some people in the industry uh but for me it as most things that i kind of just eventually like if i get something nice i immediately just move it into how can i eat my way through wherever i'm going and the exciting thing is matt mayland alberta boy native has given me or will be giving me a extensive list of places to go eat and perhaps maybe making a a guest appearance uh during the festival to eat with me uh and oh, i could not be I more be excited <laughs> i could not be more excited uh, about that um you know as you always say uh, alberta is the best beef in North America, hands on. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's like getting sushi in Japan. Wherever you go, it's going to be the best sushi. Uh, and uh, you know, being in like Banff of all places, like I, I cannot, I cannot wait to see the caliber of restaurants and the quality of food that we've never been. Right? Going to be eating. You've never been to Banff, right? Never been. Never been to Banff. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's also, wild. It's this. It's this amazing resort town in like the most beautiful landscape you you can possibly imagine. Like mountains, you, you can't look anywhere without seeing like a lights out gorgeous mountain. Like wow. it's impossible. It's gonna be amazing. And You're gonna love it. This is dumb. Uh, it's June when the festival is. There's there's no snow on the mountain, right? Like you you gotta go to the top of the mountain if you want like to still ski like twenty four seven like uh, throughout the year. But like we're just gonna go. If we if I would love to go to a mountain. It's just gonna be like a you know the hills are alive a set of music vibes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like uh, mountains exist all the time, whether or not they're covered <laughs> in snow. I mean, the top of the mountains are always snowy, right? Yes, you will look up, you will see snow. But where, like in June, when the festival is no, it'll be nice. It's summer. It's still oh, summer. I cannot. It'll wait. just be like I a slightly wait. slightly less humid version of summer than you <laughs> uh, living in Ontario. Oh, I'm I'm stoked. I am stoked. Uh, and and to be honest, Matt, I I am bearing the lead here. I, as excited as I am for Banff, I'm even more excited for our our guest this episode. I I just Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on though. Hold on. Yes. I'm super stoked too. But there's also something really exciting we have to announce on the podcast uh, network end before we get into our incredible guest. Honestly, Let me like, know. This is news yeah, 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 to yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Let's oh, hear it. Oh yeah. Yeah, well they don't tell you anything, right? They just send all the important <laughs> paperwork my way. Yeah, and you just sign 100%. The line where I tell you, right? Uh, uh, yeah. I know I know he sounds like he's joking, but that is an accurate representation of a professional <laughs> relationship. <laughs> I just forward all the emails to Matt. And, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please let me know. Let's be I, real. Let's news. be real. It's actually our producer, Aaron Conway, who does all the important things. Uh, however, um, the network has just launched something called Sonar Plus. So Sonar, the, uh, the, the podcast network with the most, has launched this new program. And it's actually really cool, Heesh, because um, it, there are abilities for listeners to check out bonus content. You can get the backlog of all of your favorite podcasts ad-free. So, you know, that's like minutes off your life every single day. That's going to be hours off your life. It's only $3.99 uh, a month, and they've got some really, really cool features. So I recommend everybody goes and checks that out because we are going to be one of those podcasts, um, eventually getting some bonus content out there. And for sure, you can listen ad-free uh, for uh, just a couple bucks a month. And that's one of the best ways you can actually support us because um, producers do see that money, which is really <laughs> um, so as opposed to you know some of the other streaming services, we you know shout out Apple, Amazon, uh, you know so or you know Spotify, it's great, but it's you know it's really it's not even pennies on the dollars. It's like percentages of pennies on the dollar that come our way. So uh, this is a real way you can support us if you're like, hey, I want those guys to succeed specifically and not so much you know corporate bigwigs with all those other networks who we appreciate. Uh, don't get us wrong, but you, know, <laughs> you get it right. I absolutely get it, and you know who else absolutely gets it? Here it is. Today's guest. Yeah. Today's guest is a sketch comedian, actor, clown, 
trained public speaker and world traveler. He's performed all over the globe with his critically acclaimed comedic duo, Two Man No Show, and he's a Canadian Comedy Award winner for Best Breakout Artist. He made an appearance on Conan with his cast of the TBS sci-fi hit People of Earth. You also know him as both Pogo and Herb on Netflix's Umbrella Academy. He's worked for Cirque du Soleil, has completed many silent meditation retreats, and has more tattoos than he cares to admit. And if you want to start a comedy troupe with your friends, he's available and willing to direct. It's the one, the only, Ken Ho! Oh, what's up? <laughs> How's it going, guys? Bhagwan, hey, how you Ken. been? It is so great to be here. Thank you oh, so much for having me on your podcast. It's a delicious podcast. <laughs> I can't say that word for a lot of other podcasts. But this is a delicious podcast. Yeah, we've Sweet been, uh, and savory. You'll, yes, that is accurate from the food that we are going to be eating today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw him trying to sneak bites as we were getting set up here. So I know that Ken is ready to go. So let's just jump right into our first segment, First Bites. First Bites. I've only had a bowl of cereal today, so I'm, I'm quite hungry. <laughs> oh, man. Cereal, I think, like, I understand its utilitarian nature, but yeah. it is, I, I, you know, it takes a very special person to actually be, like, satisfied. Like, cereal for me, I, I know when I eat that cereal, immediately I'm already looking forward to lunch. Right, like literally, as I'm still eating it, being like, "This is not enough. I'm not satisfied." Let's go, Matt. Matt, here's the trick: you have to eat multiple yeah. bowls of cereal. That's how mm. you beat it. <laughs> no, man, uh, my my stomach space is limited. Honestly, my, the lifetime of food I'm going to eat, I want the percentage of cereal to be so low as compared to the other delicious things. Oh that's, my gosh, that's just me. Ken, what's your go-to cereal? Top uh, three right now. I'm actually rocking. Uh, it's a Cheerios. I believe it's a limited series. Uh, and it's like, uh, it's strawberry bougie. flavored. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only the best Sobeys <laughs> for me, my friends. Uh, uh, I don't know. It caught my eye and I'm like, okay, I want to change. I like variety. And I feel like, I feel like if you want to experience life, cereals is the best way to do it. Mm, you can tell a lot about someone about the cereals that preach. they eat. Yeah, 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 because there's so many, and be like, uh, I, I remember like growing up, it was always Special K, like every day oh my of my God. life was always like Special K, going to school, I never had the sugary c uh, cereals, you know, mm. and I was recently in Australia, and I was in the, the shop beside my hotel in Sydney, and I saw these cereals I have not seen in years, because I don't know if we get that here in Canada, like Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen it. I was like so tempted to buy that. Anyways, I, I think cereal is very utilitarian. You can have it anytime, mm -hmm. even have it for dinner. That's what I recommend. Well, I uh, couldn't disagree <laughs> right? more. And that's why you're in Alberta, man. This that's is hate speech by Nazi West. <laughs> Here in the heartland in Central Canada. It's that's steak three we... times a day. That's, that's how we do it. All right. Well, let's actually get to eating here, Ken. And, okay, great. Uh, yeah, Amazing. we can debate the merits of cereal as we eat um, the Jolly Bee uh, that yeah. we have ordered yeah. for you. So um, mm. this is, uh, you know, it's like the McDonald's of the Philippines. Uh, yeah, what we've got you, mm. actually, Hisham ordered yours, so Hisham, why don't you... Um, oh, great. And, and just thought, so you guys know, I've never ate at a Jollibee before. Oh. This is a first. Okay, this, this is, is exciting. Great. 
We, we yeah. love yeah, yeah. we love we love popping cherries on this uh, uh, on this uh, podcast. Uh, this is if you have first, cherries, I'll take them too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I can I can deliver. I can get them delivered. Um, so we got Jollibee. Uh, 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 for uh, Kenneth, we got you the double yam burger, uh, fries, and a, a drink, which I think I got you uh, brisk uh, uh, iced tea, oh, and no. and the accompanying pasta. I, I, I Matt will have to get into this, but there is. These guys are like notorious for pasta, but here's the thing: it's mm. uh, generic Italian noodles. Uh, it seems like to be chunked uh, um, uh, American cheddar cheese, and then like bits of hot dog, ham, and bacon. I think in this pasta. Oh my gosh. So yeah. this is like every wow. college frat boy drunk out of his mind's like go to <laughs> like combo, but like it it, it tastes amazing. I, I I Matt, what inspired you to get Jollibee? This is amazing. Mm. Okay, well, I, I recently, I, you know, so I recently, I'm out in Calgary, and they've got some Jollibees out in Calgary. And ever since we had um, last season's uh, guest, Anne Pornell, on, and we were chatting about Filipino food, and she mentioned Jollibee. And so I was, you know, this is a while, this is more than a year now, and I was, you know, it's been on my radar. So I saw one, it was close to this, this place I was uh, working at in Calgary, and so I went. And I got the fried chicken and the spaghetti. And so this, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm not even going to say anything. So Hisham, you've given your feedback. First of all, you like the spaghetti. Ken, I would love for mm-hmm. you to take a, a bite of that spaghetti and try to just describe it and uh, get your impressions of it. Um, as you were talking, I started eating the spaghetti <laughs> that we were talking about. It's really, um, it's lovely. It's got a bit of a kick to it. Oh, a little spice uh, there, okay. A little bit of spice. Yeah, I'm trying to put my finger on what that... <laughs> spice might be um and i i I'm usually when i have like a spaghetti or make something like that at home it's pretty bare bones it's really just sort of a meat <laughs> sauce and you know no fancy pasta or, or like a pasta sauce kind of thing but to have like these little hot dogs and the potential i have yet to see it because there's a lot of cheese on top there's a lot of cheese <laughs> and sauce on top but i didn't know bacon was in the carts here now i'm like i gotta go searching for this i i see the hot dog Hot dog's very lovely, and this feels like this feels like ultimate comfort food. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned like like uh, for sure, like college, university. This is. <laughs> I remember in my twenties, early twenties, I really lived off a lot of Puritan stew. Oh yeah, 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 I know. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> I do. You remember that? And it's like <laughs> that in TV dinners. I would mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. I don't know sometimes like three still, three Salisbury time. steaks a night, oh, which man. is like oh, oh man, <laughs> Yo, this, this guy fucks, this guy fucks <laughs> on board. Oh my guy, those those hungry man meals. Oh my god, yeah yeah yeah. It's been about twenty years since I've actually had one because I, I, I like that. I don't even know how I got out of my twenties. <laughs> I really shouldn't be alive <laughs> to be honest. Like there's a real like like you. I, I remember that feeling of open up a. Opening up a can of Puritan stew, no knock against Puritan stew, it tastes lovely. However, the visual is the exact same of opening up a can of dog food because the coagulated, I'm sorry as he takes a bite, Uh, sorry, but uh, like it's so gross looking. It tastes lovely, but there's like, there's not much of a, I could have been close to a feral dog maybe in my (laughs) 20s living in Kensington Market, you know. I did live in a house where. Uh, back, this is in Kensington Market, where uh, the first time I moved out of my house, and uh, I was living with a bunch of friends and such, and it was a real just party house, really. Uh, but like, <laughs> it was an unfinished basement, and our living room uh, was sort of like the floors were slanted up. So if you're walking to like 
the front of the house to look out the window, you're kind of walking up a hill on an <laughs> angle. It was it was like living at the CNE. It was like a fun house type of <laughs> type of thing. It was Yo, it was made, really weird. That made that must have made drinking that much more fun. <laughs> well, it, it actually the drinking just balanced you out. <laughs> it didn't actually you would think right? You think you would fall? Oh no, it balanced you. It was great. <laughs> um, okay, I got to get into mm. my my thoughts on this spaghetti. I can't wait any longer. Mm-hmm. Because this to me feels mm. like it's it's mm. like spaghetti plus what feels like half a bottle of ketchup. I don't know if anyone else is. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's sweet, it's right? It's a, the sauce that, right? is yeah. sweet. Mm. So I've added a bit of hot sauce to balance it out, but for me, it's definitely too sweet mm. for my palate. Listen, here's what I like: I about it. Yeah. hot dogs, very good. Hot dogs are great. Like hot dogs are amazing. They are yep. obviously also disgusting. I think we can agree mm. on some level. But if you don't think mm. about it and just taste, like the texture, <laughs> the snap, I I think a hot mm. dog's great. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, and the cheese is is really quite nice. The 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 the, the spaghetti it reminds me a little bit of my grandma's spaghetti, which was a bit sweet, mm. to be honest. Mm. But here's here's my here's my pitch. I believe that this is like it's like Filipino McDonald's. I think this is the equivalent of McDonald's pizza, right? Like this mm. is like the Filipino uh. like 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 answer to McDonald's pizza. <laughs> so that's, that's that's the vibes I'm getting. Maybe a little bit too sweet, but definitely like like comfort food. You will go back for it. Yeah, you're you're not mm. gonna just take one bite and say no. I don't know. Absolutely, and no. I gotta be honest. It's a, it's like a like the noodles. It's hearty. Like it's a, yeah. I could eat this as just an entree itself rather than a side. Like this was like pretty yeah. good pasta for fast food. I could see myself like coming home at night, and if there was a Jollibee by me, oh, yeah. I just get this weird craving to be like, yep. I know it's ten thirty. I probably shouldn't have a whole <laughs> thing of spaghetti with hot dogs and cheese right now, but. You know, <laughs> I gotta say too, uh, I, I I think it's a good portion for what you get. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know how much. How much did it cost? You should. Did you remember how much uh, the spaghetti goes for? This was seven forty nine. That's a good value. I feel like for what you mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. is a good value, and it's quite tasty. As you said, Matt, it's nice and sweet. But they, you know, the little cheese on top. It's kind of like yeah, for what? Like <laughs> here in Toronto, it's very expensive. What can you get that's under like ten bucks? Really? Like, maybe a shawarma? Yeah, this would fill you up. This could be your meal. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's not the worst thing for you. Although, yeah, I'm sure, like, your sugar, your daily sugar content is, <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah, yeah, covered. You don't need any more. <laughs> it's not like eating a bowl of Cheerios. You're going to get a little bit more sugar. Right. Yeah, now, yeah. now, here's my question for both of you. Did you did you guys both get the yam burger? You, uh, I know Ken got a burger. Did, did you get a burger, too? Yeah. Mm, no, I got the spicy chicken burger. You got a oh, yam burger? Chicken? What does a yam burger mean? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, like... Their version of like I don't know, it's a yam or yum burger. It's it, it's just their burger. But Ken, how how's the burger? Oh, I haven't I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I, heard I, into it. Yeah. I didn't want to move on. I didn't want to gloss over the spaghetti oh. at all. All right, here we go. I'm gonna bite into um to the yam uh, yam burger. Yum is, yam yum burger. I think it's yeah because I don't see any yam. I see a lot of beef. I see two patties <laughs> of beef. I get me wrong. Here we go. Oh, sorry. I, I apologize. It's the uh, yum burger. Yum. Mm. Okay. There we go. Yum burger. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh, oh mm. I, we're, uh, uh, listeners, uh, please keep uh, uh, a sharp ear on Ken's reactions right now. This, this, mm. There's a whole oh, conversation mm. happening right now. Oh, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. That is a good burger. <laughs> I don't know if I should be talking no, you with can, my... We, chewing noises. No, we love it. It's like ASMR okay. for our listeners. They love it. <laughs> yeah, we've never confirmed that with any listeners, but we do assume <laughs> it to be true. 
We won an award. Well, that means we did well. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. They must. It's, it's, now it's permission. They've given us a mandate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the spaghetti. But the burger, holy smokes. That's a really? good burger. Really? I'm, lo- I'm really loving the burger. Oh, yeah. damn. It's a nice burger. What, yeah, what, how do you? What you did had, you? you had, oh, yeah. no, no. You I, I have no complaints. I, no, no. I actually, um, mm. for what I, from what I know Jollibee to be famous for is their fried chicken. And mm. I judge every fast food fried chicken possible. And I'm going to go on the record saying that Jollibee has the single best fast food fried chicken I've had in my life. Uh, it smelled so good. I actually wow. finished off a piece before the podcast started because it was taunting <laughs> me from the air fryer. And it took everything not to consume the second half. The mm. skin, I, I could just rip off the skin and eat this like chips. Like this would be a great like uh, extra layer <laughs> in a sandwich. Uh, the chicken mm. is moist. It's fantastic. But uh, now, just based purely on the amount of yums Kenneth has dropped, I regret not getting that burger too. <laughs> well... <laughs> Too bad we're not in person. I would, tra- you know, I would like give you half of my burger. Oh, yeah, I know. I think you literally live up the street from me. We should have gone halvesies on the, <laughs> on the meal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what he's having. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, I'm yeah. not a big like, uh, like fried chicken. I, I I love it when I have it, but I don't go out of my way. Uh, I've never, as you, as you guys know, I've never ate a um, jelly bean before, and I never ate at a Popeyes. But I see oh. it everywhere, and I'm kind of like. Like one day, one day I will go to a Popeyes and I will have, I don't know what's the what is their chicken like? How does that compare to, to, uh, these, it's the, to this yeah, one? I, I would say it's uh, it's extremely American. Like uh, I know KFC is technically uh, American as well, but it is like mm-hmm. a Southern style, like quote unquote Louisiana. Um, oh yeah, they, they they fry the shit out of the skin. I love mm. Popeye's skin, but mm-hmm. their chicken is mid, and I think KFC skin mm. is. Mid, but their chicken is the best. Okay, mm-hmm. I wish you could do a half half, uh, but Jollibee is a perfect combo of both because that mm. skin is crisp, but the chicken, yeah. oh my god, bro. Yeah, I have had the Jollibee chicken, and I do have to say it's excellent. The fried, ch- I am a fried chicken guy, I get it. Mm. Yeah, he is. And yeah, yeah, J- yeah Jollibee is definitely, um. Definitely up there amongst the top that I've had too. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because Popeye is kind of my go-to fast food place for chicken for fried chicken. Oh yeah, and I do really like the flavor and the crunch of the skin. Hisham's right, but it's true. I feel like that the marinade that they do they they don't spend as much time making that chicken right. I, I like nope. Mary Brown's flavor of their chicken a lot better because they actually get the spice to penetrate, the flavor to penetrate a little bit more. And I think so too does KFC. Although I've only eaten KFC once in my adult life um, when we had the gravy lover sandwich on. That was the first time you had KFC? In my adult life. Because when I was 14, my whole family got food poisoning and I took literally 25 years off between eating KFC. (laughs) Bro, that was a terrible way to come back. That sandwich was a nightmare. Uh Uh, But Ken, uh, in terms of fast food, are you... More a burger guy uh, than anything else? Are you a pizza guy, hot dog guy? You're not a fried oh. chicken guy? No, yeah. Um, I love pizza. That is kind of like, uh, that is one of my faves. Pizza Hut in particular. Mm. Uh, mm. I love it. It's like partially nostalgic. <clears throat> I had it like growing up a lot. It's just a solid pizza. I, I really dig a pizza. Um, when I was younger, I'd be more of a burger kind of guy. But, um, <laughs> and people that know me in the improv scene, 
Uh, I'm a subway sub kind of guy. Wow. You'll see me rocking a six inch before an improv show quite often. <laughs> <laughs> Let's delve you into why. this because I yeah, want to yeah. know more about subway. Because as an immigrant, I have a completely different relationship to subway than I feel mm. like most other people. But w- where did the subway uh, love uh, incept? Uh, w- w- is this a lifelong thing? Yeah. No, 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 no. Actually, I sort of came to it a bit later in life. I was working at H and V the big superstore here in Toronto, which is now, I think it's like a Tokyo smoke or like <laughs> as many a shop. It's true. It's That's gentrification at its yeah, best yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead to cannabis. And oh what kind God. of like bums me out when like, uh, when I walk by it is like they black out like all of the windows yeah. and stuff. It was a three floor store and like, wow. I can't even see in to be like, Hey, I used to work in there, you know, wow. it's completely like, like this sort of monolith that is on Young Street. Um, and during my breaks, uh, when I was working at HMB, um, there was like a subway sub just around the corner. And uh, I remember I had, uh, I had it there. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think the first time that I had a subway sub was actually when I was doing creative writing night school classes uh, through the Toronto District School Board. This was right before, maybe a few years before I actually started doing improv classes. And uh, it would be like my dinner. It was kind of nice. And I'm very, back then I was very particular. I'm like, I like this one sandwich, the the chicken breast uh, with like the sweet onion sauce. And, you know, like very, very particular. I was a very, it's very ironic that I'm doing a, uh, doing you guys on a podcast. It's all about food. Because when I was growing up, guys, I was such a fussy eater. It would take me like an hour or two to finish a meal. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, what? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it specifically because you didn't enjoy the meal or were you just an overly specific individual growing up? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, my brother was the opposite. He was like a duck. He would small, swallow things full. <laughs> like you can see the outline in his neck, you know. It's kind of like a... <laughs> and, and, and it's gone. But it, for me, it was like... It was eating was laborious. I don't know. I felt mm. like I, I didn't want to maybe because my family, uh, we always ate right at five o'clock. Like oh, you God, could literally yeah. Yeah, yeah. set your, you know, every right at five. That's a hard thing to do. To plan <laughs> everything and being like, boom, five o'clock. Thank you, chef. You know, it's done. And uh, I think my parents' rationale was like, that was the only time that we could really get together as a family. And sure. at the time, it's kind of like, oh, it's a drag. I got to be home for five or, you know, uh, but it's kind of actually quite nice that that was really our only family time, you know, that we would have every, you know, every day. Um, and I, I think I got to become a faster eater as the more I grew uh. up. But as a child, for some reason, maybe it maybe I had like a sensitive palate, perhaps, or... Um, you know, I'm not, we're, you know, I'm, I, probably at that time too, I was having more healthier food than as an adult <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, like, you know, let's just eat burgers and, and such. But, um, yeah, but uh, when I discovered Subway South, I was like, oh, this is a, it's a perfect kind of meal because um, not so big and it's relatively healthy. Mm. And as a performer, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, I don't want to have a big meal. Uh, before I do an oh. improv show, and I don't want to have a big meal after, so it's a nice kind of thing of like, oh, I got a bit of energy. It tastes pretty good, and it's relatively healthy, <laughs> or that, at least that's what I tell myself. Yeah, that is actually um, their motto. It tastes pretty good, and it's relatively pretty healthy. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the new Subway motto. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm sold. <laughs> and I, I gotta ask, what was your bread of choice? That's a great question. I think back in the day, probably, and it's still to this time. I've actually, for the last several years. 
Uh, I've gone wild card, man. I've gone flatbread. I've gone wow. flatbread. Wow. What? Yeah, what? I, know. I was not expecting down, this. Down, honestly. I know. <laughs> this is... You heard it here on Bites and Bits, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Hall, <laughs> flatbread enthusiast. Yeah. Controversial, I know, right? Uh, but now uh, I've gone. I've gone back to Italian herbs and cheese. Yeah, there it is. That's the one. That right. is the bread. The Everyone one. knows. Yeah. Okay. Good. Ken, you finally you you won me over. I was on the edge. <laughs> that was tough for me. I know it's controversial. Yeah, I. I'm a flat bread. Flat bread in Subway. Oh, come on, <laughs> this guy. All right. Um, it's actually pretty so, good. Pretty good. <laughs> listen, I uh, don't believe you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Ken, so, Seriously. you know, you, you, you know, have you moved out of this? I know you travel a lot. So being a, yeah. a, a picky eater on the road, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. gotta be tricky or, or has it moved mm-hmm. on and you're okay now? Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, it's weird when I'm in Toronto, never do I go to McDonald's. And yet when I'm like, say traveling somewhere, especially in America, I'm just like, I gotta go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally five minutes anywhere I go in the city here in Toronto. There's always a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I'm playing a festival or something like that, like I don't know, I just get these weird kind of cravings. Um, thankfully, Subway Sub is the world over. <laughs> and I was um, I was recently actually in Australia, uh, in Fiji, and uh, Subway Sub <laughs> in Sydney and in Melbourne. My go-tos, you know, and like 24 hours, you know, like, oh, oh. great. You know, I love that. I love the option of having that because um, I still honor those places. I still like those places because a lot of, especially when you're traveling in, in touristy areas, it's like, man, I don't want to drop like $25, $30 just for a meal, you know, like, yeah. and so that's why Subway is a nice little frugal, healthy, tastes pretty good, you know, like all of those things. But yeah, my... You know, as all of us, I think our eating patterns change a little bit when we're traveling. I tend to have like big brunches when I'm away. When usually I'm like, I'm going to have something, you know, pretty modest, like cereal. That's social though, too, right? If you're connecting with yeah. people, a brunch is a great way to do that. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Love a good brunch. Love a good. Brunch. I love it. I uh, I love to hear it. That uh, basically cereal and Subway is all you need to subsist. And um, work for me so far. Work for me you so know, far. Prove you me know wrong, what? science. Prove me wrong, man. And uh, with that, I think it's the perfect time to take a break. More with mm. unofficial Subway spokesperson Ken Hall after ah. this. This is Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
And we're back <laughs> with our amazing guest, Ken Hall. Uh, it now is time uh, for usually uh, uh, me introing the game, but we're going to spice things up uh, this episode. And uh, Matt is actually going to be hosting and introing the game the, this episode. Have at it, yep. Matt. That is 100% correct. Yeah. So, Ken, uh, you've performed yeah. in festivals all over the world, and you're an avid traveler um, in addition mm-hmm. to your uh, professional life. But Mm -hmm. today, I thought I would challenge both you and Hisham to guess the correct national dishes of some of the countries you may have been to and maybe some you haven't. So this is called the National Dish World Tour. Oh, boy. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you the name of a country, and I want both of you can chime in and try to guess the national dish of this country. And uh, I will be awarding points all over the place. Um, and uh, it, uh, it's going to get intense. Okay. You ready? Love it. I'm gonna... Death to the opposition. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'm yeah. The he should... <laughs> I can guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, he should have decided you're not playing as a team. <laughs> you will be playing against each other. <laughs> all right. Again, um, I'll see you in the arena. Go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, Ken just got really intense, listeners. Like his, he narrowed his eyes. He screwed yeah, this up. Yeah, there's it's, it's a real My rocky Balboa. Are <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not lying. His shoulders are moving. Yeah, Hisham hasn't moved his shoulders in years, so Ken has advantage. Ken so far. All right, here we go. Okay, so you just mentioned you were actually in Australia. So why don't we yeah. start there? What is uh, name one or more of the national dishes of Australia? Here we go. Uh, kangaroo burger. <laughs> I was just going to say kangaroo steak. I, uh, I also agree. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you are both t- monsters incorrect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep going. Any other, any other thoughts? What do you think? Uh, oh, uh, shrimp, shrimp on the Barbie. It's shrimp. Sh- put another shrimp on the Barbie. Oh, I mean, listen, you are, you're, I, I, I would like or to is say that you're racist. Am I you're canceled? not. <laughs> it, it's, it's not that. Uh, but that is something that people say when making fun Gosh. of Australians. That's true. Yeah. Cro- crocodile Dundee. I, I yeah, put him on the, on the Barbie. Uh, I've only I only went to Subways when I was there. Uh, damn, I don't. Uh, chicken breast, uh, Italian herbs and cheese. Uh, um, is there? I, I feel like uh, Australia is like a very beefy. Oh. They, have ca- they have lots of bull. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. I'm gonna say a steak. Oh yeah, I mean. The meat, you're on the right track now. There are two different preparations of meat that are amongst their uh, their national dishes. So you're, okay. you're you're circling it, but also think about like the British heritage, right? Like it feels oh. like these could be dishes that you get in a boiled beef. <laughs> boiled beef. Boiled beef. <laughs> <laughs> so British. Well, I mean, sort about, of. Uh, I, when I was there, actually, true story. Pastries. They have like like yes, sausage here we go. rolls. Here, here we go. And like um, beef. Uh, like meat pies. Yes, yes, can ding, 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 meat pies. (laughs) All right, we're going to give that round to Ken, and it was like pulling teeth a little bit there, Hisham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So when you actually go to Starbucks in in Australia, like you go to Starbucks, you order like your caramel macchiato, you can get like sausage rolls, like real, very Scottish, like Scottish rolls. Anyways. Take me to church. I want it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so, or, or um, oh, 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 anyways, uh, the other two that we were looking for were mm-hmm. Vegemite, uh, classic uh, Australian uh, 
That was right. a, a beloved paste. Um, mm-hmm. And roast lamb. That was another mm. one. Was another. So they are oh. meat forward. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, There's a lot yeah. of lamb in that part of the world. And New Zealand is well really known for lamb. Uh, I saw okay. them walking around, not really on plates, though, when I was there. But that's, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah I get it. Okay, <laughs> right. uh, let's, let's go uh, somewhere a little bit different, all right? Um, let's go uh, to um, uh, the country from whence my people are from, Germany. What do you think mm. uh, the national dishes of Germany are? BDSM. <laughs> That's a sausage, right? That's a bratwurst. Brat yeah, BDSM. A lot of sausage yeah. links. A lot of links. Uh, well, um, uh, Ken, you said bratwurst, so I'm giving you a point already because bratwurst is one of the national dishes. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, yeah, okay, you got another oh, one. And there's another, nice. there's another main one, uh, which it looks like you guys are, you guys are nailing this so far. I mean, Ken's up on Hisham two to one, but <laughs> doners. Uh, uh, I mean, they should be honestly. Turkish doners should be the national food. Wow, they're honestly, they're honestly that's cool. Germany. Germany. I feel uh, again, sort of a muttonish kind of like meaty potatoes type of thing. Uh, I, I'm actually playing uh, Gordon Ramsay's Dash on my phone. Okay. Where it's like you go to all like all of the you make burgers like in America, then you go to yeah. Italy and make pastas and like pizzas. Anyway, they don't have a Germany one. Yeah. yeah, but they or don't have a Germany one. So think of <laughs> think of if you were alcohol. If, if, combine beer. anger with meat. What would you do to meat if you were angry at it? I would feel no oh, close. <laughs> yeah, what would you do to it? Uh, schnitzel. Yes, schnitzel. There it is. Yay! All right, another point for Ken. All right, here we go. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go. Um, yeah, let's, let's get on a plane and you know travel for like twenty five hours. And uh, <laughs> that's what I did. I literally did that. Let's <laughs> go that to South ago. Korea. What are mm. the national dishes of South Korea? Kimchi. Kimchi's uh, there. Oh, point uh, for Hisham. Oh. Right B- bulgogi or bibimbap. Both. Oh, oh yeah. Hisham Yay! ran the category. Wow. Oh, oh, I think it's oh, the I, your proximity to, to, to Koreatown in Toronto absolutely. that really gave you the advantage. Absolutely. Is ramen on the list anywhere? Uh, ramen is a Japanese dish. Uh, oh. So, wow. You heard it here first. South- Ken Hall getting canceled <laughs> on Bites and Bits. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to do two more for you both. Two more for you both. All right. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, this this one uh, this one's for Hisham, and hopefully Hisham, you get it. But if you don't, this will be extremely shameful <laughs> to you and your ancestors because we're going to Eritrea. Eritrea, oh, Hisham. Count. Here we go. What uh, are what are the national dishes? I've got two things on the list. Uh, well, it has to be injera. If have injera, you had injera is before, on the list, Ken? it's that sour bread that you have uh, sometimes. It's, uh, it's like the flatbread, uh, like looks like a pancake. You use it to scoop. Yo, yo, you're a flatbread guy. You would be into this. Is that a subway sub thing? I mean, can I <laughs> that with like a little bit of like. You think they have it here at Subway in Austria? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time I go, yeah, yeah, I get some spinach. I get some of this. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. Oh, no, I don't think I've ever had it. It sounds lovely though. It sounds definitely right up my uh, alley. I would love that. Are you are you near Ossington and Bloor at all? Yeah. So there's a great Ethiopian place called Lalibela that's slightly on the other side. And that is comparable. It's Ethiopian, but it's like Canadian-American uh, cuisine. And then there's a place called African Delight at Dover Court and Bloor, which is pretty yep. good Eritrean food. If you're ever in the market, drop me a line. I'll, I'll send you what to get. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so great. what would you get with the injera if you wanted to eat the national dish of Eritrea? Is it kolwa, injera, uh, alicha? Uh, um, Keep going. Oh, my God. Uh, not Tibbs. Um, nope. Domo, not Tibbs. Kitcha. 
Um, uh, Shiro? Shiro. It has to be Shiro. It doesn't. Okay, listen. Uh, maybe you've already pronounced. Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my best. So I've got here Zagini. Zagini. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's Alicia, but yeah, it, it's a different way of saying it. Yeah, keep going. Zagini. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's Zigni. it. That's it. Zagini. So, Zagini and Injera Zigni. are the two. Injera, all right. Yeah, that is this a is terrible what the list. Told us. A white girl named Becky made that list. Okay, that is BS. <laughs> Should have texted my mom to give you yeah, yeah. the actual things. <laughs> You know what? Ken, well, you're uncanceled. Matt is canceled. Yay! Ken is now the new host. Matt, get out of here. Come back. My guy. My guy. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to give Ken a chance to, to come back here. I know you've been to South America, right, Ken? Nope. Okay, great. That's uh, nope, perfect. Never, All right, here we go. Nope. Never, ever have I been to South America. Oh, I'm done. All right, well, uh, okay, because it's tied right now. All right, so oh, okay. then you know what? Okay. I know here's uh, we're gonna flip it. I, here's somewhere you have been. Ken, uh, what mm-hmm. is the um, official dish of the United States of America? Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Uh, official dish? A dish? You say uh, of America? You say no less. I. I feel like America loves barbecue. Okay. But Matt's not reacting to that, so I'm <laughs> assuming it's not going to be barbecue. Um, I also think they like hot dogs mm-hmm. and pizza mm-hmm. uh, and lots of everything. And yeah, freedom. Excess. Is yeah. Freedom, freedom, freedom is freedom is, is that yeah, Is that a, an option? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Heesh, what do you got? No. What do you think? Uh, this mm. may be racist, but I'm going to say apple pie. Mm. Oh, okay. That's a good thought. Definitely a good thought. <laughs> There's an expression. As yeah, American that's as apple literally pie. what I was going for. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be that. And then he, you, you mentioned a point for that. <laughs> you mentioned hot dogs already. How are hot dogs not the national food of America? Because if yeah, you tell exactly. me it's something like, uh, like corn tortillas or something, I'm going to get really angry. Just because you don't like the insane amount of... Latin folks that live in the United States? Is that, is that no, why? I think that I hate that the, the the large amount of Latin folks that are persecuted by the white majority having their food stolen and given to America is you what I'm really against. That's exactly, why you're exactly. Okay. exactly. Got it, got it, got it. Um, um, also, hot dogs has to be hot dogs. Uh, how I, I will. There's one thing you do you two have, you two have glanced over, which is hilarious so far. Chili, chili dogs. French, chili, French specifically French chili fries? dogs. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> French fries. All right, a I'm going to put you both in your misery. Corn dogs? Burger. Don't, 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 burger. Don't there it is. There, that's yeah. 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 For hamburger. <laughs> However, it's not the national dish. I was waiting for it, but it's not the national dish because it's a trick question. There is no officially designated national dish Clever. of wow. America. But mm, um, yeah, question. as you guys said, all the things that one would associate with the states: <laughs> apple pie, hamburgers, hot dogs. Those, those are these are like the uh, unofficial official dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, based on uh, what I listened to, what I heard, and just my personal preference, I've got to award <laughs> this game overwhelmingly to Ken Hall. Hey! Ken, you took it. You destroyed. Yay! You dominated. It's so <laughs> wild how much he knew and how little Hisham did, and what he did know. <laughs> it just didn't feel. I didn't have confidence in it really. 
person is luck, really. It's just luck. Yeah, really. I mean, anyone could have guessed all of those Eritrean dishes. Anyone (laughs) could have listed 25 Eritrean dishes. (laughs) For the record, Zigni is just stew. I just want want to emphasize. I double-checked. I was right. Zigni is just stew, but there's like a million (laughs) stew. So... I just, I just want to put it out there. I lo- may have lost, and I humbly accept defeat at, 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 a, at the, my greater opponent, Ken Hall. Uh, but I also want to know that, Matt, it was wrong in every capacity as the judge. Yeah, yeah. And ho- This is why I do the games, Matt. This is why I do the games. Mm. All right. Well, we are uh, going to give Hisham a chance to lick his wounds. And, yeah, I'm going to uh, officially retire from the game segment on one more break. Uh, more with uh, People of Earth and Umbrella Academy's Ken Hall after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back with our final segment uh, with our amazing guest, uh, Ken Hall. Um, We mentioned this earlier in your intro, and I would genuinely like to delve in on this because I'm always interested when uh, people get them. But you are apparently heavily tattooed. Uh, (laughs) Define heavily. I I do have tattoos. Are you a tattoo guy? One, two, three, four. I think I got five tattoos. I've got five, yeah. Uh, so you're a tattoo yeah. guy. Uh, tell us more about that. I, I'm always just fascinated because I yeah. jump from thing to thing. Uh, mm. I, I'm a, you know, it's ADHD. I obsess about something, but I can never think of myself. I'm like, I like this enough. I'm going to put it on me forever because I'll probably just get like a million of them or draw over it eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a poster, like a, <laughs> yeah. like a hydropole in Toronto, like poster on top of a poster and post, cover up over cover up over cover up. Uh, so I, I got my tattoos when I was in my early 20s. That's like 25, 20, 25 years ago. And uh, for the longest time, I was very, very much into punk scene here in Toronto in my teens and 20s and such. And for the longest time, I didn't really change. So that idea of like, oh, we're going to get into my body that I'm always going to love. And I think back then, too, like in your teens and 20s, uh, if, I think there's a sense of permanence in a, in a weird way of like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to change, you know, I'm always going to be like this. Yeah. And I find is that the world changes, whether you like it or not, the world's <laughs> going to change and you change too, right? You're never going to be the same person as you were, you know, two years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And that was a lesson that I only started to learn later in my twenties. Once I, I quit drinking and, and, and realized that I'm like, I'm, I've changed so much as a person and the identity and how I want to put myself out in the world and how, what I felt and how I reflected that through getting, you know, tattoos and things like that. It, uh, yeah, people change and it was discovering improv. It was such a, a lovely art form because improv is all about accepting change in the moment mm. and being open to change and pursuing that and not clinging to your idea or way. And so the, yeah, the tattoos that I have there, as I said, they're, in a, in a way, they're like little, they're, <laughs> I collect fridge magnets when I travel, and it is a bit like, they're sort of like fridge magnets, nice. in a sense, I'd like they're sort of markers of time for me, nice. and I haven't, last time I got one was probably, 
uh, oh man, uh, well over 20 years. And uh, I, for the longest time, I, I certainly didn't miss them. If, if anything, I was thinking about getting them <clears throat> removed. Wow. And I, over the last, I think it was, gosh, like maybe just a, a couple of years, I found a show called Ink Masters, <laughs> nice. which is yep. like Dave Navarro and like these tattoo Come people. Come on, plus, baby. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's actually a really fun show. And uh, it brought back an appreciation for tattoos because they have these judges and it's a reality TV competition where all these aspiring tattoo artists, they compete week after week, they get eliminated for $100,000, the title of Ink Master, all this wonderful stuff. And I never, like, I never really, uh, it, it brought me to a place of like deeper appreciation for like body art and what really goes into it and the different styles and what it takes. And it got me kind of thinking, I'm like, maybe... Maybe I would get another tattoo, which is kind of interesting because I haven't entertained that idea in 20 years. Because I'm like, if I if I won't get as what you were saying, Houston, if I won't get it as a T-shirt, like, why am I going to get it as a tattoo? Like, I have T-shirts from like three years ago. I'm like, I'm never going to wear that again, you know. Like, <laughs> so rather than be saddled, and I, you know, I'm an actor as well, so I can't like be covered in oh. like this neck tattoos or like teardrops or you know. <laughs> The Mike Tyson face tattoo? That'd be gangster. (laughs) He's doing okay. I'm not, I mean, Mike Tyson's doing all right, Ken. I don't know. Maybe that's the way. Well, I think he had something before that. I don't think it was like (laughs) new to the game, just like starting at beginners. Did you see this new kid? Got a face tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to get into this idea of um, you know everyone changes because I really do feel like it is something that people say everyone changes, but then people stick mostly the same personality traits for much of their lives. But I feel like Ken, in your case, it's particularly true of you. I mean, you went to school to be a social worker, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and yeah, then right. yet found your way into comedy and acting. Yeah. How did you get into comedy? Uh, it was actually through doing creative writing night school classes in my, as I said, my late twenties, mm-hmm. uh, I'd quit drinking when I was 28. It was really, you know, the writing was on the wall. I needed change. So rather than resist it, it, I had an opportunity to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be in the world. And I volunteered at a youth shelter in Scarborough for about a year because my background was in social work. Although I never worked professionally in the field, but I could always relate with people that were in crisis or just need additional support. And that's something I've always gravitated to. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted, um, I, I also w- began to tap into a creative side that I didn't know existed in me. And it sounds strange to say this, but I'm like, I hit 30 and I'm like, it was only then that I actually discovered that I'm like, holy smokes. Uh, I love creativity. It gives me a fuel that I didn't have before. It excites mm-hmm. me. And, and I started to just follow that. And that start, I, I jumped into an improv class. And that was really the, the start of it, of like going from creative writing and being like, I want to do something else. So this idea of writing on your feet and writing with other people too. And I've always been a very kind of like socially anxious person mm-hmm. and never felt like I fit in, in in this world. So that was a really hard thing to drop my defenses to be in a classroom together mm-hmm. with other people um, without drinking, <laughs> you know, like yeah, in a, sure. in a uh... bar kind of thing or in front of, a, you know, band playing and all that kind of stuff. So it was, a, it was a, like a defrosting of myself. And that was the thing that really sparked it. And as soon as I did it, as soon as I did my very first like improv class, it, it was that. That was like, that's it. It's a oh, huge wow. missing. Yeah. It, well, it, you know, the thing was, it was like, uh, how do I say this? It, I feel it was always a part of me. 
you know, I, I just didn't know that. And, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking of this idea of like becoming more of who you are. It's not changing who you are necessarily. It's, if anything, it's kind of letting go of things and revealing what's always been there, but just gotten buried mm. over a lot of negativity and inner criticism, maybe criticism and judgment from outside. Uh, outside and around us and such that skews us, that takes us a little bit off course of who we can be and, and our potential. And, and for me, I, uh, a big chunk of my life had felt quite serious. I know, you know, high school was never an easy time for anyone, but I felt like a lot of my time was always like on the defense because I stand out and I'm four, seven, three quarters. I have major scoliosis. And I, I feel like I've always been a bit of a target, and people, society is very good. <laughs> like, hey, you're a bit different. Let's, all, you know, let, <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, yeah, sure. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And until you get to a point when you you recognize, and this happened again later in life when I f- discovered improv and found out again pursuing that and discovering film and TV and doing roles like, say, Jeff on People of Earth and and Herb and Pogo for Umbrella Academy. That the very thing. For so long that you feel not great about or the very things that if you you know you just turn it into a different light is like oh my gosh these this is um a big part of me that i i'd kind of been denying or trying trying to fit in but if i try to fit in then i wouldn't be doing all the amazing stuff that my life would be very different you know what i mean and it's and, not a bug it's a feature <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and, and and i'm quite glad that i've come to a place of much greater like self-acceptance and and i can see this in other people too especially like adults going through like improv classes and such where people still feel that there isn't a place for them and i feel like it's, it's such a common uh tape that people play over and over again but i think improv is such a lovely catalyst to teach people about change to embrace it and to not take themselves so seriously to bring back play and that as i said was something that i don't feel i had a lot of i feel like i had to grow up pretty quick Mm. and so as an adult i think like that's how i approach my improv and anytime i'm on a stage or even teaching for example or uh or in front of a camera i'm like i want to have fun i want to play pretend i kind of i'm sort of like making up for lost time Mm. uh in a sense and 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 again reconnecting to that 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 beautiful like inner child uh who didn't feel comfortable uh, who always had to feel like defenses are up in a sense and be like no i want to be fun and silly and I, i want to I want to broadcast that and, and uh, to lean into that kind of vulnerability. Um, and uh, again, I think when people start to play that way and go through their life that way, I think they get reflected back from people. You're drawing more people to you than pushing people away by putting up a mask or putting up defenses or blocking offers within that. It's much more. So now I go through life much more collaborative. I look for, I'm a more positive person. I've always been a positive person, but it again, it just got buried under like just life. the weight of, you know, growing up. So so Ken, yeah, this idea of collaboration, I, I wanted to pick your brain, uh, specifically about Umbrella Academy. I love the show, by the way. You do fantastic work in it. Uh, both as Pogo and Herb, I was so stoked when uh, you came <laughs> on as Herb. I thought, I mean, I would love to hear about that in a moment, but specifically in terms of collaboration, because obviously with Pogo, I mean, maybe not obviously, um, but um, you are the body, you play the body, so you're the physical life of Pogo. Um, but then, of course, I think it's Adam Godleap uh, voices Pogo. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what was that collaboration like? It seems like such a cool challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is uh, lovely. It was, it was super cool to uh, to be on set uh, and be able to like 
oh man, it must have been so weird for the other actors. Because I'm <laughs> like, you know, obviously what you see at the end of the day with like all the CGI and everything is very different, you know, on set. They're oh. playing off this guy who's like in this gray sort of snuggy kind of like with gloves so and like funny. this hat with like all these like Velcro dots all over him. It must be very strange. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really cool though to, to, uh, you know, to do, uh, and I'm the body, I'm like the shoulders down and uh, Adam is like the shoulders up, including the face and the voice. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, it was really nice. Um, the first time I met Adam actually was in uh, LA at the season premiere, the first uh, we're showing like the first two episodes at the Cinerama Dome on, on Sunset Boulevard, and they had it was like my first like real like Netflix like red carpet kind of thing. It was nice. like big deal, like people interviewed me and like cameras and all that. And uh, one of the questions is, and you go down the line, you know, people are asking you questions and stuff. And uh, someone in, that, in the line had asked me a similar question of like, "What's it like working with Adam Godley?" And I'm like, and I just actually looked over to my right and like literally like. I don't know, four feet away is Adam. And I've never <laughs> met Adam before, you know, like, because he does all this stuff in LA. I shoot it here in Toronto. Oh. And he just, he's in a, a studio in, like, uh, in LA. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's so strange. And we had, we had never met uh, up until that point. And I'm like, I just told the, the, the interviewer, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I'll let you know, like, when I actually meet him. Like, he's right there. <laughs> and I did get to meet him. Like, 10 minutes after that, I did get to yeah, meet him. Sure. Loveliest guy, so down to earth, like no ego, just a, a really, uh, really lovely guy, um, and uh, yeah, that's it's a real cool collaboration, and I'm like, that's so neat, man. Like, and I've got a really nice photo of like us together, kind yes. of thing, and and uh, yeah, so uh, the stuff is actually very independent. I'm I'm doing the lines, I'm acting as as hard as he is, or uh, on set. Um, and it's such a joy. It's a cool, it was, I've never done like motion capture stuff before. Yeah. So it was a real treat to, you know, step into the body of Hogo and, um, and become this like geriatric talking chimpanzee, you know, who wears like tweed jackets and smokes pipe. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very <laughs> charming. The cane, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and then, and then, so then, um, you came on as Herb, was it second season or was the end of first season? I, I forget, but what was uh, that? how did that come about? You getting offered? Yeah, but halfway through shooting season one, um, and, and, and this is the thing too, that I'm like, I knew that it wouldn't be my voice at Pogo, but right. I'm still going to show up so prepared, so ready to jam. And I believe that I am Pogo. Like when I'm on set, I'm like, I'm Pogo. Of course. And I think they saw that, to be honest. I thought they, you know, they saw that I did a good job. And halfway through shooting, uh, my agent called me and she was like, yeah, the production just reached out. And they're like, do you want to play a person? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yes, please. Oh, yeah, put me down for a person. I'd love to love playing I love people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a person. I would love to play a person. Yes. And uh, so they say, oh, but it's a very small role. Just like, you know, a few lines kind of thing. In episode, I think it's episode six of season one. And uh, that's when we first see Herb as part of the commission yeah. and, uh, and how we set up. And I was then so excited was, when I saw that. I did Because I didn't know, of course. But when I saw yeah. you, it was you. I was like, yeah, ah, I freaked thanks, out. Man. It was awesome. Anyways, keep going. And then uh, the read-through for season two was so wonderful going into the big room. And, and read-throughs are a bit nerve-wracking in ways because mm. everyone's there. Like all mm. the all the cast all the directors, like all the producers and all these like networky people. And then it's like, it's also being filmed and shown in boardrooms that's simultaneously wild. in LA. I've never been to a read that has been shot. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Oh, it's so much yeah. pressure. You're like, 
don't mess up. <laughs> don't mess up, right? And uh, I, in talking with the um, uh, the showrunner and the executive, or one of the executive producers, they came over to me. They pulled me aside. They're like, we got some big ideas for Herb <laughs> this nice. season. So they'd written Herb into a much bigger arc uh, in season two, which again is like, oh man, I love that. And, and for me, I feel like uh, Herb is much more in my wheelhouse in the sense that I'm like, uh, he's more comedically written, which again is more my background. And there's a lot of me that goes into Herb. He's like a dialed up sort of anxious, uh, anxious version of Ken, you know, like, and, uh, and it was so much fun to play that character, very sort of mousy, but like good hearted guy who wants to do well, he sees wrong and he wants to like, you know, he can do something. He can sort of stand up against like the, the injustice of what's happening um uh within that within the commission and all the all the stuff that goes along with it so yeah it was uh, it was great and because uh, I, I never get recognized for playing pogo <laughs> weird <laughs> you know, right down the street and be like hey pogo! <laughs> like that's never <laughs> never happened <laughs> but herb you know from time to time people are like hey man did that moment of recognition you know it's such a it's a lovely that's thing cool. and i'm same with very, jeff very right because jeff obviously with the prosthetics so you'd be surprised man this happened to me a couple times once in a Starbucks in uh, in Unionville, just north of Toronto, I was I, I ordered and some guy beside me is like, <laughs> like looking at me kind of strange and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, uh, excuse me, he's <laughs> like, are you Jeff? <laughs> Jeff the Gray? He recognized my voice. That's uh, it. I mean, that's fair. I my love order. that. Isn't that crazy? And it's such a huge with... head, like the prosthetics. Yeah, that. yeah. It yeah. doesn't look like you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can never tell. It was me, but it was the voice. And that happened to me once in San Diego, too, when I did Comic-Con uh, quite a few years ago now. I was trying to leave the convention center because I wanted to go beside to get the festival T-shirts. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I got to get a Comic-Con T-shirt, you know. Yeah. So you had to go to, like, the hotel beside the thing. And my lanyard wasn't, like, letting me back in. And one of the guys who's like, oh, very kind. He's, and, and again, it's the same thing. They recognize through the voice. I'm like, that is such a cool thing. You know, I didn't even know that that was possible, but sure, why not, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> <wild>. <laughs> also, I got to say, People of Earth, great TV show, should have gotten a third season. TBS, you suck. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Wasn't my decision. No, no. Wasn't my decision. I'm not like, guys, you know, we should just... We should just call it two seasons. I think we should. We had fun. Just walk into know. the ocean. It's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ken just retired from acting. I <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, we happy. We're good. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I have to ask you. I mean, listen, you you have done live comedy all over the world. You know, you've done some dramatic and comedic television shows. You know, you 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 teach, um, you know, uh, public speaking skills and improv and all sorts of things. It feels like you do everything. Is there anything still left on your bucket list, like professionally, mm -hmm. that you still want to do? Yeah, that, oh man, that's such a great question. And, and uh, that's, it's really kind of reflecting where I'm at right now because i feel like there is a shift there is a change mm -hmm. that is coming that's a brewing and i'm sort of cobbling that together right now still trying to figure that out um and i also recognize that i love variety all of those things that you mentioned i love doing yeah and uh, i want to keep on doing them obviously but i'm like i feel like there's more stuff i, I really uh for me this idea of putting more of me out there in the world in a way to help people there's something within that and i used mm -hmm. to think that was counseling 
And then, <laughs> and then I did yeah. a New York Fries commercial, uh, a New York Fries commercial where I'm selling hot dogs. I have a briefcase, and then people would light up. They're like, "Hey, you're the hot dog guy," <laughs> and they're like, and it was in that sort, you know, a thirty second commercial. But I'm like, "Wow, you can affect positive change in thirty seconds selling hot dogs out of a briefcase to make people's <laughs> lives better," you know? And I'm like, "Dude." So then, and I, I, I love this idea of like, I, I don't know, I want to share more of my stories, and I, I feel like uh, uh, I want to put more of me out there. Uh, to help other people as well. That's it's always been in my DNA of 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 wanting to help people. I want meaning and such. I love playing pretend. I always want to have the improv. I always want to do film and TV. But I feel like there's something a bit of a question mark right now in terms of like for this year, where am I going to put my energies? Last year was a bit an anomaly. I did a ton of actual live theater, not just improv, but like Shakespeare. Yeah. I did a Shakespeare, Shakespeare in, the, in park, the park, TYA theater for young audiences. Yeah, you had a yeah, full exactly. dance card theater wise, Ken. Yeah, and so that that was a wild ride there too. I'm glad I I got that taste, and I also realized too that I'm like I'm I need to keep I need to keep evolving and keep changing. I, I don't like the idea of of resting. It 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 feels kind of counterintuitive, and and I I like freshness. So because I, I here in Toronto because I've been doing improv here in Toronto for like 20 years now, yeah. and I'm like, well, what's next? You know, like what do what do I do? Like there isn't. There isn't another thing, you know what I mean? So I, I feel that's the th uh, that's what I want to start to maybe excavate within me is like what can, what are some of the other things that I can put out there in the world that gives me meaning, and I think that it can help other people. So you well, have to be determined. Yeah, I love I love that. That's a great answer, Ken. And I'm just so glad you didn't say stand up. At least you didn't say stand up because that would be the wrong answer. Everybody knows. <laughs> Guys, I figured it out. I'm going. Yuck uh, yucks. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I killed him. It's perfect. They got me. They got me. They got me. So we do. We do. Unfortunately, have to let you go. This has been a delight. But can before we go, we always ask, what's on your plate? How can people, um, you know, be delighted by Ken? Where can we watch your shows? What's coming up? Let us know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I when you said plate, I literally looked down to my plate. I'm like a literal like. Okay, well, I mean, there's fries and spaghetti <laughs> still. Uh, yeah, great question. Well, um, uh, I'm back from Australia and Fiji. I'm I'm reconnecting with the world of teaching. I'm teaching clown uh, clown prov at Bad Dog Theater. I'm teaching my public speaking classes at Second City. Teaching acting at Second City. Uh, going to be teaching improv at the Social Capital starting in a week or so. Um, and, if you're in uh, Toronto, doing... do take uh, classes from this guy. Thank He's you. Really, tru truly take one of the best. All the it. classes from yeah, him. Yeah, really, truly an excellent instructor for sure. But, but and, yeah, and what else? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, yeah, me and Isaac, uh, as part of Two Men No Show, we've got our party hard, hard party uh, that we that we do uh, once a month. Um, and I'm directing Sean, directing my friend Chantal Lim in her first Fringe show. Nice. Which is a storytelling show, which is something uh, I've never directed a storytelling show wow. before. So this is something uh, cool as well. I'm like, and I'm 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 curious about storytelling as well. So I don't know. That's so that's kind of what I got going on. There's a lot of bits and pieces, and it's true. You know, and of course, Umbrella yeah. Academy on Netflix, right? Oh yeah, check that out. Oh yeah, do watch Ken uh, delight in a variety of different human and non-human characters. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys thanks for having me I really appreciate it it was super fun that's it for this week's episode of Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now we want to thank a few people for making all of this possible 
Our producer, Aaron Conway. Writer, Tony Hall. Music editing and sound design by Ryan Sheedy. The Sonar Network. And of course you, our listeners. Thanks for being a part of the bit and sharing some bites with us. We can't wait to have you at the table again. Follow us on Instagram at Hisham Kaladi, at Improv Eats, and at Bites and Bits Podcast. <laughs>